0: Alright everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Fair Chase podcast. We're happy that you're here, we're happy that you're ready to start learning. Before we dive into this episode, you know, we gotta talk about a few companies that help make this possible and some of the companies that we back personally because we believe in them. Now first up is Huntwise. There's a lot of mapping software and apps out there and the best one that we think is, is definitely hunt wise. I mean, they've got so many cool features that some of the other ones don't have, especially this hunt cast that we use every single time before we go out in the woods I mean our time is precious we got to know when's the best time to go out and instead of searching around on all the the weather sites and checking out all the details you can go right to the HuntWise app put it in your location and you're getting local wind local predictions based on where your stands actually are and it helps you actually choose the best stand so you're not wasting any time and you can get right in there and hunt that buck you're after go visit huntwise.com. So James and I have shot different bows from different manufacturers, and we all, every time we shoot them, we always go back to Primes. The reason is they're just so shootable, and we're just so accurate with them. They're super stable, and they just came out with the new Revix 2, 4, and 6 as their brand new bow for 2023 hunting season. G5prime.com. So next up, we got Vector Arrows. This is a company that has just blown me away with their ability to help the customer out. Basically, you don't have to go through and and find your shaft weight and spine strength charts anymore, you don't gotta deal with any of that. Basically, you go to the website, you put in your draw weight, your draw length, your tip weight, and they basically build the perfect arrow for you. No guessing, no questions. Then you can customize them. They got a bunch of different options. You can shoot the HMR or the ZMR. These things are sweet and they seriously are some of the best arrows in the industry. And they've got a zero failure guarantee. So if you break it or bend it, they're gonna replace it. So if you wanna save yourself 10% on that, head over to Vector Custom Shop and use the code TFC10. There's been a lot of hype around tree saddles. Some of you might be hesitant to even try one. These things are awesome. If you ever wanted to try one, Trophy Line Tree Saddles make the best saddles in the industry. They're super comfortable, they're adjustable, and the new Venatic saddle, we were able to get our hands on it a couple months ago and it just seriously blew us away. So if you want to get into the saddle game, go over to trophyline.com. You can save yourself 10%, use the code TFC10, get into the saddle game, it's gonna change the way you hunt. James and I like to go tromp around on public land. And one way we're able to do that is to have good footwear uh, we used to lug around in, in rubber boots and by the end of the day we'd have sore feet and it'd be it'd be a mess but we finally decided to get some good boot in partnered with Lathrop & Sons these boots are so nice they fit your foot perfectly they've got synergy foot pads that are made to you know form around your foot these guys take the time there's years and years of research and design on how to create the most comfortable boot go check out Lathrop & Sons last but not least vortex optics these guys have some of the best glass in the industry binoculars range spotter scopes we love them we've got it on our rifles we use a range finder all the time they also make clothing lines every quarter James and I are practically wearing a piece of vortex a barrel every day everything is high quality they come out with new items usually every quarter so spring summer winter fall they've got new lines and new clothing coming out check this stuff out And if you want to save yourself 20% head over to vortex.com Head to the apparel page and save 20% with TFC 20.
1: Hey, everybody, thanks uh, again for joining us for another episode of the Fair Chase podcast. Uh, We've uh, been off for a week as we've been recovering from another bout of the the corona, but uh, we're back. And actually, uh, I've been looking forward to this podcast for a while. We got Greg here online. Uh, Greg, before we jump into uh, some questions I have for you, the hunting story stuff, uh, you want to just take a minute to say who you are, what you do?
2: Yeah, sure. I appreciate you having me back on. been looking forward to chatting as well, especially we're chatting a bit before you left for your trip. So excited to hear a bit about that. But yeah, I'm Greg Farrell. Um, I'm the senior category manager uh, specifically for whitetail over at First Light. Um, so kind of everything, anything in the whitetail category, um, Call you know, kind of fall under my umbrella. So you know, all the way from product ideation, um, you know, long list of what we're going to build for the year, you know, what we're going to build in three years, and um, all the way to you know, getting that product through design, development, prototyping, um, and then eventually bringing it to market. So you know, it's on the website for for folks to buy.
1: A lot of work. It's yeah. There's a
2: few few pieces to it.
1: Yeah, so you, you know, before we, we jumped on, uh, Greg was filling me in on all the trips and the the thinking that goes into uh, coming up with all the things that are rolled out and probably people are wearing around the woods right now. Um, you know, I know the travel is probably something you, you really don't like, but what do you really like about, you know, the, the work that you do when it comes to coming out with new gear? You know, I mean,
2: if you would have asked me 10 years ago, like, write your dream job down on a piece of paper, <laughs> like this is basically it right like there's bits and pieces to everybody's quote unquote work that we don't love but this is what I used to do before I had this job and frankly I think it's what a lot of us passionate hunters do like we go in the woods and we're hunting but we're also thinking about it's like man how could this jacket be better for this UK so it's like what is this pack what's missing in this pack that I wish I had right that would make it better um you know what what pieces of kit do I need to either replace or improve for next year because it didn't stand up to, you know, this use case. So like, that's always been my mindset. I always kind of took it a step further because like I'm a tinker. Like I grew up all my, my dad, my uncles, like everybody was in the trade. So, you know, I worked as an electrician apprentice as a carpenter, like did, you know, like a little bit of HVAC. So like I had some of the skill set to modify things so I was always like taking stuff apart putting it back together trying to make it better and like that just you know flowed into like my hunting gear too so I I don't want to say I've been doing this my whole life but like this is kind of what I've always been passionate about even before I was getting a paycheck to essentially do it Um, and that's what I love about it is like I'm the type of person, you know, you're a gear guy too, like I'm never satisfied, which you kind of have to be, right? Because you always want to improve and, um, you know, kind of really like try and change the paradigm around stuff. So this is a job where if you rest on your laurels or like you think something's good enough, like you're lost, man, like you're in last place. So uh, that's what I really love about it is kind of that, like you're always pushing the boundaries,
1: always trying to, you know, move the needle in the right direction and really always trying to improve. Yeah. I, uh, I'm a huge, I like gear. I love to mess with it. I've tried Jared get just drives Jared crazy, but like I'll own gear very short periods of time before I like swap it out and I'm trying something new. So like, you know, if for people who follow us, like I'm telling you, I have a pretty, like, my advice is good advice. Cause I've tried a lot of stuff and my wife would be upset to hear this too. Cause she's always like, why did you spend, uh, in shipping. And I'm like, well, you don't understand because what I did was I had gear that I sold on rock slide that actually paid for new gear. And you don't understand actually we're breaking even. And really the gain, the knowledge that I'm gaining from this is actually worth it all. So really it's a net gain. Uh, so anyways, I am very much, it resonates with me, except I don't have the, um, I have no ability to tinker myself. So if like anything breaks in my house, like You'd be the guy that I'd basically be calling. It's like I'm—I don't know how—I don't know how to fix anything. Did you like hearing you say
2: that? It's so funny to me because there's this like running, kind of like joke amongst like my group of friends and especially like their wives because it's like they see how many Venmo transactions there are between like my buddies and me because I'm the same like. I'll buy stuff and like maybe I have it for a week and I'm like, hey, this thing's sweet. Yeah. It's just like, it's not what I thought it'd be. So, like, I'll sell it to one of my buddies. So it's like, yeah. they haven't bought anything like new or like from anybody <laughs> directly in like five years because they just always like, like literally they'll text me and be like, hey, what bow are you selling
1: this year? Like, you got yes. a vinyl
2: harness you want to sell? You know, it's like, yeah.
1: That is I'm the same it goes the same way. I feel like we're good friends to our, our people, man. Like, yeah, they should be, exactly. you know, we're, good people to keep around. I, I like that. And that's so it's always fun to talk to gear guys, too. Because obviously, I mean, it doesn't replace the woodsmanship The like the, the thing that I still love most is just to be in the woods hunting and learning and, and so on. But but man, if you could figure out that secret combination of layers that you're quiet and warm, no matter what happened or whatever it is, like I'm all about it. Um, and so yeah, it's 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 fun to fun to to talk to people like you and like, Stare. <laughs> it's, it's Similar situations like ah, uh, I have gear for a little while. It co- goes in and out, um, but you do get to try a lot, and that's a lot of fun too. So
2: for sure, and like I, I mean, I couldn't agree with you more. I don't, no amount of gear is ever going to replace like time in the field and knowledge, you know, around woodsmanship. And I think I do it because it's fun and I enjoy it. I also like, I, I am a firm believer that all of these things. Are incremental percentages right in the right direction. And, you know, a new vinyl harness that has like some different functionality, like, is that going to be the the difference maker for me, you know, on any given year? Absolutely not. But, you know, if if every little thing is like, you know, a tenth of a percent or a half or a percent, or maybe even one percent, like you put 20 of those things together, right? Like you have moved the needle in the right direction. Again, it doesn't replace like the foundation, but I do think like when we get into kind of like clothing systems and weapon systems and, yep. you know, gear in general, like we do have the ability to at least stack the odds in our
1: favor a bit. Yeah. I mean, it, and that's what it's, man. a lot of it's like, oh, a little here, a little there, just clothing alone. You know, um, I think last year there was a, I, I did, I think it's 60, 70 days, like whitetail hunting, but like, there was a stretch where I did like 30 days in a row. And maybe at the beginning, it's like if you you know every weekend or something going out. The clo- clothing is always important, but it's like it's you know I can get by, I can be cold for a morning. But if you're like in the winter and you're hunting every single day, like a little bit of warmth over every day for a month is a huge deal. Like it's because it's like sometimes you go out. It's like I love to hunt, but it is hard to get out of bed in the morning. Like it's freezing rain outside, and I've been doing this for a couple of weeks, so like that little incremental bit both in like maybe you're a better hunter or you can stay out longer or you sit more still or you're just like focused after a bunch of days sitting out there it's like it does make a difference
2: yeah I mean I don't know about you but like I'm I'm the guy that you know very rarely kills on the first day like for whatever reason like I I don't know if I just like to punish myself or what but it's like (laughs) typically it ends up being like end of season, last day, last hour. And to your point, I think all those incremental, like maybe additions of comfort over whether it's a seven day hunt or a 30 day season or a 75 day season, like you're just that much more mentally sharp. You're that much more yeah. like still like prepared and kind of head in the game. And sometimes, you know, that's the difference between getting it done or not getting it done. Or frankly, like, I mean, my perspective on whitetail hunting, you know, is obviously like Man, time in the woods typically equals success and yeah. you know there's some caveats to that right like overpressuring deer and things like that but we've all been at that point in the season where it's like yeah maybe I'm just gonna take today off you right. know it's like and, and sometimes like you probably need to do that like yeah you know, spend some time with your family you know do something fun like you know whatever but I know that there's more days than I would like to admit in my hunting career where I've been like, you know what, I'm just going to take the day off. And that's the day you get that trail cam picture, right? It's like, God, I should have been in the stand.
1: You know, it's even, or even like, well, I've been out here an hour and a half, like sun's coming up. I got work to do today, you know, whatever. I I think back to uh, when I was, I was probably like 14, 15 years old, rifle season. And it was like, nine 30 or something like that. And I'm like, you know, there are no, I didn't have a phone. There's nothing like, you don't know if anybody's going in or not out. We didn't have our walkie talkies with us. So I remember sitting there thinking, uh, I don't know. I guess I'll walk in. You know, I started walking in taking the road up and, uh, some, somebody comes and grabs me and we have to go back from where I came to get somebody else. We drive past my stand, which I was, uh, kind of right along the road. And sure enough, like after I left a, a giant buck went through you know, it's like, I think back to that, even a couple of years ago, did the same thing in Wisconsin, uh, actually, uh, hunting out there. And it was super cold and snowy. And finally I'm like, man, I need to get up for a little bit and just walk. We're going to head and check someplace out and nothing's moving. Um, a lot of snow had been dumped down. So we, we go and, and check it out. We come back and literally you could see a buck was cruising. It cruise. it went right underneath my tree you could tell it was sniffing around it took a couple bounds and then just kept walking like I would have smacked it mm-hmm. uh, and so yeah it, it's kind of important That's <laughs> you know it's um, Murphy's
2: law man yeah you know?
1: and I'm always in the wrong end what's the opposite of Murphy's law I want that <laughs> yeah it's like too. anything that could go right does go right that's that's yeah. what I want the J- yeah. Jimmy's law um well so as you know and I, I prepped you ahead of time here um we are in this uh, kind of ongoing hunting story series. It's been going on for like months now. We intended it to be short, but feedback's been good. Seems like people like it until people tell us to stop or give us better ideas, we're going to keep rolling with it. But the idea is, you know, one of our favorite things about hunting is um, like stories. Like you go out, you hunt, you come back to the cabin or whatever, and you you talk about what you saw, what you did. Um, And for me, especially as like a kid, that was like, when I, even when I couldn't hunt, I remember either saying back at the lodge, like waiting for, for people to come back, or my dad was up at the cabin and I'm home and waiting for the phone call to hear, to hear what he saw and what he did. So I, I think hunting stories are important. Um, so for you, Greg, I mean, you've hunted all over the place. You live in the hunting world. Um, when you think of like a great hunting story that you've been a part of, what comes to mind?
2: Man that's it's a tough question it's hard to narrow down just one and frankly I think I think if you would ask me this question you know five years ago my answer would be different than it is today and I think a lot of that is you know the product of I mean don't get me wrong I know the situation I'm in is very unique like I work for a hunting company I spend a lot of the fall like testing prototypes of gear, which means I spend a lot of time actually in the field and hunting and I get to hunt a lot of cool places, you know, been to, uh, Kansas the last three years and like, you know, chasing giant deer there. I live in Wisconsin, which, you know, the Western part of the state is a Mecca for big whitetails, like Eastern Minnesota, great as well. You know, it's like, I get to spend a lot of time in country with not only a lot of deer, but big deer, right. And that's kind of, that's kind of always been. I would say up until the last five years has been like my driver in like my passion yeah. for this thing. Right. is like outsmarting, big, mature, old white tails. Like that's kind of, I mean, I'm the guy, like I started at first light. I was the first employee there. That was a white tail hunter, you know? I'm like, uh-huh, right. I they remember make, yeah. They don't make fun of me. Cause you know, at the time I was living where our headquarters were before I moved back to Wisconsin to be closer to white tails. And, you know, I'd leave during like, you know, the peak time for mule deer. Cause I wanted to come sit in a tree stand or like uh-huh. I'd give up on like elk hunting for a weekend to like, you know, fly back and uh-huh. do some scouting. And like, I got harassed for that. But, um, you know, now I think really you hit the nail on the head for me, like a good hunting story for me and the, and the, the hunts I look forward to the most every year, are the ones that have like a camaraderie aspect to mm-hmm. them. And, you know, the one my brain kind of goes to, and I could tell you the same story from, you know, any of the last 15 years, because it always happens is like, Wisconsin gun season. Okay, and I'll be yeah, the yeah. first to tell you, like, I'm an archery hunter, you know, yeah, like, I, I am at the end of the day, I don't really care about killing a deer, a white white-tailed deer with my rifle, nothing against it, I participate in it, like, right, I'm talking about the gun season, it's just like, for whatever reason, like, archery has always tripped my trigger. Mm-hmm. But, for gun season, you know, we have this tradition and it's probably been 15 years now. Like we go Northern Wisconsin where the deer density is very low, right? There's a ton of hunters, like, you know, you hear stories about the orange army, right? Like that's where it exists. We hunt public land. Um, (laughs) we have a buddy's cabin. That's, you know, a couple miles down the road from this public chunk that we hunt. So like, it's not a high success hunt. There's really no trophy potential, like it just doesn't exist. Right. But we've had this group of people, you know. In some years it's ten, some years it's five. Like, you know, things change like yeah. as life goes on. But it's always this like this kind of core group of people that we're up there for. You know, you make the pilgrimage, driving four and a half hours up north. Like, you know, you're staying at the cabin. Like, the weeks leading up to it, there's the text conversations about like who's bringing what, who's <laughs> yes. doing what meal. You know, like who's got down stuff whiskey yeah. yeah exactly right and then we get there and it, it's just so much more about the camaraderie like playing euchre telling stories of, you big you know, euchre guys out there that's big you know we euchre. are yeah nice. yeah euchre that, cribbage
1: that was that's huge west michigan huge euchre yeah and even when we were in alaska we played a lot of lots a lot of euchre all right good to know yeah. good to know
2: well it's funny because growing up like sheep's head was like thing, like my family played that card game and I kind of learned it, but like never really got into it. And then when I went to college, I had some buddies that we started playing Euchre together, which they call like, you know, Euchre's like the dumb man, sheep's head. So I picked up on it pretty quick, but anyways, you know, and it's, it's like, it's that it's, we might kill a couple deer. Like, you know, we typically shoot a few does and put some meat in the freezer, which is great, you know, and we spend the time like processing the deer together, you know, it's just like, it's telling stories. It's the whole weekend where the hunting is like the catalyst that brings us together, but it's really more about like the bigger event that is that like opening weekend of gun season. Than it really is about like the pursuit itself, you know? Yeah.
1: Oh, I, we, we did the same thing. We, we get a cabin up in Northern Michigan. It's the same, same deal. It's like, I think in all the years we we've hunted there, one nice buck has been shot And that nice buck was maybe in this area during this kind of get together of guys, maybe 110 inches, you know, like it was just, but for us, when that happened, that was a, I will always remember that day when he shot that buck, because it was, again, it's the one time in like 30 years that we've been doing it. That's uh, any nice deer has been taken out of there, but like the cool part is you get all the boys and together and you're, you know, um, they're young guys with old guys are mixing. You're kind of learning how to be a man a little bit, how to talk, how to think, you know, how to be out in the woods, um, what not to do. Cause you'll get, you know, obviously, you know, a little like hazing for, for going into early or all that stuff that goes with it. So no, that, that rings true, especially, I mean, Michigan and Wisconsin, very similar, like hunting, um, Traditions, I would say, you know,
2: for sure, and I think for me too, like it's it's a good refresh, like every year because we don't run trail cameras up there, yeah, don't hunt up there other than opening weekend. So you know, it's a giant parcel of public. Like I try and like you know, bop around and be mobile and like check out a new spot every year, just because like that's what I enjoyed doing. But like the expectations always low like you kind of take the technology aspect out of it, you know, we spend so much time every year, like scouting deer, prepping, you know, our parcels for hunting deer like yeah. putting all this time and effort into like all these things to try and tip those odds in our favor. And don't get me wrong. Like that's still what I love to do. But like, I think it's also a good refresh of like a good reminder. Like what is this really about? You yeah. know, because I mean, there's a lot of cool hunts, you know, all over the, the U S that we get to do every year. And like, I wouldn't trade those for anything, but for some reason, like those memories seem a bit more fleeting where something like this just seems like a bit more permanent. Um, yeah. and it's a good way to like maybe connect with why we all got into this, like hunting thing in the first place.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So you, I would imagine you got like family that go or friends or who who's all up there.
2: Yeah. It's, it's a, it's a mix. Like you know, it's, it's family. It's a group of core friends that I've known since middle school, like their dads every once in a while, it's like, you know, a cousin of the one family comes or, you know, a a buddy of that buddy comes because he didn't have a place to go that year. Or like, you know, a few years, like three or four years ago, like my brother-in-law came who had never hunted before, Uh decided to take hunter safety, like wanted to participate in the, you know, the thing. And like, I sat with him. I didn't even carry a gun in the woods the entire weekend like I just went and sat with him you know so yep. it's like it's this hodgepodge of like hardcore hunters like you know newbies like some misfits like yeah. mixed in between there it's yeah. just like it's always what fun. a good
1: way to just bring people in and I mean regardless if you wanted to get them in hunting or just make them feel like included into something man you know I, I, we 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 did the same it's the same thing and we're to the point where when I joined, you know, I was allowed to go a little earlier uh, prior to when I could hunt by myself. So I probably started going when I'm like 11, 12, you know, hunting uh, with a rifle in Michigan is 14 or it was when I was, um, I don't think it is anymore, but it was when I was a kid. Uh, But it's, it's, we've gotten to the point where those the uh, kind of the old guard is slowly dying. Like we law, I think we're at least two down from at least two down from the original like from like the the older guys and so it's like weird to see like a one group kind of now the older guys and now I'm you know and now my my kids are coming and you know nephews and and everything else so it's uh it's funny how that works too because there's like uh like a cycle a little bit to it
2: well and it's amazing how fast that time goes and kind of how much you forget like how it changes too like My, one of my buddy's dad who owns the cabin that we stay at, like he sent a picture, I don't know, probably four or five months ago, he must've been like going through his phone and found like one of the first pictures we took, you know, like the first time we did this, this deer camp up there. And like, you know, I was a sophomore, I was a freshman in college, you know, and it's like, you look at kind of like what everybody looks like and who was involved (laughs) And it's like, we were like the new young guys, you know, like you're just talking about now it's like, you know, there's our dads go, but other than that, like everybody else is like newer, or younger than us. And there's families involved and, you know, people have kids and it's crazy how fast it goes.
1: It's so good. It's such good stuff that I, I I hate to see. I feel like there's just not as much of it around as there used to be. And man, it's just important for I think just society to work in general, there needs to be things like it doesn't necessarily always need to be hunting, but like that community aspect where there's people looking out for each other. We just don't have that as much anymore. Totally. I mean,
2: it's, it's everywhere too, right? Like our jobs have become more remote. We've become more of a zoom society. Like it's easy. It's easier than ever to connect with people, but I think we've taken a lot of the like meaningful, um, community connections out of life and you're right like it doesn't just have to be hunting but like man the camaraderie around the three weeks leading up to that thing like the text chain right and then it's like going grocery shopping with your one buddy who lives in town and then you're meeting up with the other buddy that's halfway up there and he hops in the truck and then you get there and it's like you spend all weekend living you know in this tiny little like cabin space and sharing the space and it's just it's not something we're forced to do a lot anymore yeah. like in our modern society and and i think you're right it's it's critically important
1: yeah the in person stuff is huge it is yeah the the like you see like the lack of community you also see like people just don't see each other as human beings anymore when you don't spend actual time with somebody it's easy just to kind of dissociate from them no that's interesting and it's it's funny as you say that that's been a very very common theme um in in this series i, I mean i would say a vast majority of people have. I mean, they might say, "I was with somebody," you know, it was special because X person was here, or we were together and doing this. But like, that just strikes me how important people are to hunting, which is always seen as like a very solitary thing, but it's really not. You know, it's very communal, for sure. And
2: I, I, I love that you guys are doing this, and I love. I would love to be on your side of this too, because you know, when you ask me that question. I didn't even think like there wasn't even like a a glimpse of a thought of like oh that time I killed that giant deer yeah right? right or that time that like like that never even like came into my mind and and you would think that that would be most people's answers but I love hearing that you know most people like completely yeah you know defer to like these community situations the tradition situations more so than like the outcome of uh, a given hunt you know
1: no and it's 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 that or and it's and it's the same thing for me it's like what comes to mind are are like community things or the other types of hunts that always come to mind are like the most brutal ones the ones i'm like remember that but again it's always like me telling somebody who else was there so i guess there is community it's like jared remember that time we were in alaska for a week and it was brutal the entire time yeah that was you know whatever uh yeah so no that's that's good stuff type Um, two fun right type two well i i i'm a huge proponent of type two fun i feel like we're weeding it out everywhere we can in society i think people are less fulfilled because they don't have enough type two fun i feel like they don't get as much out of life i think there's a whole lot of problem that comes from not having enough type two fun because we want to be able to sit around on our phones without being bothered or having to even stand up you know you could just kind of be like a blob and, and scroll on your device for a while and that might like trip that um that little release of dopamine in your brain, but it's not going to make you like, you're not going to talk about that later on. Um, it's not something that's going to bring you joy to think about next year. Right.
2: Totally. I mean, you want to have like, and I tell people this all the time. Like if you feel like you're in a slump or like, you're not, you know, maybe you're, you're lacking on your like gratitude scale. It's like, <laughs> go spend seven days in the back country yeah. and come out and like, you will never appreciate a glass of water from the tap (laughs) as much as you did, right? Or like a shower or like, you know, like a a dry bed to sleep in. It's like all these things that we take for granted, unless you remove them from your life at some point throughout the year, like you forget that you're taking these things for granted, right? Like you forget that you don't have to drop a thousand feet down to a creek to then spend (laughs) a half an hour filtering water, and then hike it all the way back up just to, like have clean water to drink or like water to make food with you know because
1: when you're thirsty watching it just drip it's like <laughs> hurry up and you squeeze it, it's like no i'm gonna break it you know if you got one of the squeeze kind it's like all right yeah. no i i could not agree more and you could you come home so for me even i've got a wife and a daughter i'll go on a big camping hunting extravaganza trip where you're deprived of all the luxuries and the people that you like to be around um and when you're back it's I mean, it's tough, but it's also really like, it's good. You know, there's goodness to that too. So like all that hardship, there's very few things. I don't know of anything in life. That's not pain, not like that comes without pain and is good,
0: you know, a trial or
1: trouble and and is actually a good, um, i am trying. I don't know. I'm on the spot. I should, maybe shouldn't have said that without thinking about it, but I'm pretty (laughs) sure I can't think of anything, you know, really worthwhile there.
2: It rings true with me. I mean, and my wife's great. She, you know, she's, she's the one that's kicking me out the door sometimes like you need to go do this like you know this is your this is your time like get out of here like but I mean I notice it's like you come back and you're a better husband a better family member, a better friend like you know in those times where you don't have your phone to scroll through and distract you or it's like you I think your appreciation for what you have and the people you have around you and you know all the good things uh, that come out of that like they just come to the forefront where like so often in modern day life, like we're just so distracted and like those things just get suppressed and it's easy to forget about them.
1: Man, you say phone. That's such a good point. When you're out there, you can't. I noticed that like if you have service when you're on a hunt, sometimes it's it's really nice in many like practical ways. But it's also like at the end of the night, I don't want to have to the ability to throw on Netflix when I'm sleeping in a tent or something like that, you know, For sure. Like, I lost my phone in the river the other day. And it was like, there was, I was trying to figure out, like, do I, how do I get by and do all the things I do for work and, you know, for the fair chase and all this stuff without a cell phone or like a smartphone? And I just could not make it happen. And then I was like, what life am I living where I have to, you know, where it's set up in such a way that I need it to just function? Yeah. That's, I'm trapped.
2: Well, and then, you know, I'm, I'm sure it probably took you a couple of days to get a new phone or whatever, but I feel like, the longer that span goes right like i was on a few hunts last year where it's like there's no service and like there's no way around it and you know it's 7 days or you know call it 10 days and yep. the first two or three days you're like how like what if my boss emails me like what if something comes right. up at work that i have to get like what if somebody needs me and it's like okay well i have my in reach so if it's an emergency somebody's going to get a hold of me yeah. you know and then like other than that it just like, the longer it goes on, the more it dissolves away, yes. the more you realize where it's like, I've conditioned myself to think like, how can I do this stuff without it? But man, after 10 days, you're like, I actually don't really, like the people that needed me got hold of me on my inReach. And like the next time I went into town, I called them and we solved the thing that needed to be taken Instantly. care of. Like, yeah. It didn't matter that I didn't get a text. It didn't matter that I couldn't check my email. Like some of that stuff, it just, I don't think it matters as much as
1: we I think you're right.
2: Teach ourselves it does, you know.
1: Yeah, I totally agree. No, it's it's a tough, it's a tricky world to navigate. Um, but again, it goes to the importance of people and it goes to the importance of like, like, you, like hunting is one of the things that brings people together, gets you outside, get you away from your phone. I mean, um, again, I like hunting for so many reasons and you can't pin it down to one, but for that, this reason alone, where community minus distractions, focus, you know, uh, all these great things. It, it does it like very few things in life do, you know, maybe exercise, hiking and stuff like that. similar, but I like hunting. So, and it's,
2: it's not all negative either. Right. Like we talk about community. I think there's a lot of people like there's a barrier to entry for hunting, you know, that if you don't grow up with that, like in your family or in a friend group or whatever. And I think, you know, even like called e-community, whether it's podcasts or Mm -hmm. social media or, you know, whatever, like that can be that stepping stone that somebody needs who like wants to get involved or wants to learn. Like, it can, a, it can be their community. It's like, there's some good with it too, but like, absolutely. It's, it's with anything, right? Like there's a balance that has to happen and like you go too far to one side or the other of the spectrum and neither is good. Um, so I think like figuring out that balance is key.
1: I totally agree. Yeah. Cause I use YouTube for tons of stuff. Like For I sure. learn all so many things off of YouTube. And you know, Jared's not here, so he can't say this, but he learns everything from me. So it's just like, <laughs> you know, I taught him everything he knows. Um, and so and then anything I don't know, I learned from YouTube. Of so, course. You know. Of course. Ah, all right. Well, hey, we're coming up on time here. I appreciate you uh coming on and just Talking, um, telling stories and um it's good to connect with you again. But um, you know, I know you guys have stuff going on. So where can people fo- follow like the work you're doing, especially in the whitetail side of things, um, and follow you and, and check first light out? Where should they go?
2: Yeah, I mean I would say like the most up to date, if like you really want the the here and now, like check out first light social media, like Instagram for sure, YouTube for sure. Like we put a ton of stuff on there. Um, YouTube's cool because a lot of like the how-to videos like the nitty-gritty like tech stuff is going to end up on there you know we do some limited series of like you know surrounding like gear testing things like that we put on there um I'm on social it's just Greg Farrell it's pretty easy to find like I'm not too active on there um but I am on there so feel free to check me out there but yeah I mean between that you can sign up for a newsletter get like the notifications um and stuff from first site directly but we try, you know, we try and keep people um, as much as we can. Like, you know, obviously when you're talking product development, there's some certain stuff that needs to stay under wraps for a certain amount of time. But we try and make stuff available in terms of like content and information as soon as we possibly can. So there's a pretty good stream of new stuff on those channels at all times.
1: Awesome. Yeah. No. Keep following. I, I check out. I watch those nitty gritty videos. So uh, yeah, I'm one of the guys that that clicks on that and likes to see it. So I know appreciate the stuff you guys put out um and appreciate your time we'll we'll uh talk soon thanks for having me on man appreciate it
0: hey everybody thanks for listening to this episode we really do appreciate it if you want to go onto any kind of social media platform give us a like share subscribe you know it really help us out keeps the train rolling and if you guys really like what you're listening here give us a five either star. way if, even if you don't like it even if you don't like review, it five stars helps everyone cool. out you see you out there